Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than six years now. I have six children using CTC math, and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you're doing and for providing quality math lessons for my children. So friends, if you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. You're listening to History for Christian Teens, the podcast where we examine historical people, places, and events through the lens of the Bible, drawing meaningful lessons that we can apply to our own lives as believers. This podcast is designed for middle and high school age students, but mom and dad and everyone else, you're invited to listen in too. This broadcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Military Homeschool Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Niehoff. Thanks so much for listening in. Recently, I was honored to be interviewed on the Wreck Up Buttercup podcast, and joining me today is one of the hosts from that podcast, Sabrina Johannes. Sabrina is a veteran spouse and has been part of the military community for over 13 years. She currently homeschools two kids, Kira, 10, and Darren, 7, while also running a national nonprofit. To say she's busy is an understatement, but Sabrina says she thrives in the fact that she can be flexible with school and find a schedule that best fits her family's schedule. On top of all that, Sabrina and her family are currently in the midst of a PCS overseas to Germany. Welcome to the show, Sabrina. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, you do have a lot going on. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely a stressful and busy season right now, for sure. Please introduce yourself and share with us about yourself, your family, and your background with the military. So as you mentioned, um, I've been around the military for about 13 years. Um, I did marry basically my high school sweetheart. We were just friends in high school, but we started dating once he joined the military and have been part of it basically since basic training. So we've been around... He got out about six years ago, but does do civilian life um, within the Army still. So he basically is doing the same job just on the civilian side of things, um, which includes deployments and includes PCSing clearly across the country. Um, so not a lot has changed on that front. So we are still currently basically part of the military life. But homeschool has made that so much easier because um, his schedule is never consistent between deployments and trainings and all the different things, just like any other military family, it's not consistent. And we found that when they were in public school, because they were for a few years, that he would be working on the weekends and they would be in school during the week and they rarely ever got to see each other. So we were kind of pushed into homeschooling because of COVID, but we kind of stayed with it because it worked really well with our schedules and being able to be part of a family. Wow. That is so true. I think that is one of the for me anyway, and for our family, one of the best benefits of homeschooling is that family togetherness. The kids don't have to miss out despite PCSs and deployments and the, and the like. So you said that you um, kind of began homeschooling because of COVID. 
is that, was that your first time homeschooling? Is that, and then what led you from just maybe doing what the public school system does versus deciding to take control of it yourself in homeschool? Yeah, that was, um, I mean, I feel like I thought about it prior to COVID because I really do enjoy being around my kids and I enjoy the idea of them not having to deal with the things that I dealt with in school, like bullying and stuff. So it was kind of that concept had run behind my brain, but nothing really had given me that push. They'd been doing fine in school. But then when COVID happened, our school district that we were in dropped the ball, hardcore dropped the ball from March until June. They talked to their teacher maybe three or four times. There was literally no connection at all with any of their classmates. And we were given one paper packet and that was all they got of education for the rest of the year. And so as the summer was coming around, we were told that it was going to remain virtual for the next year. And I was like, there's no way my kids are going to fall so far behind in their education. I'm not willing to even deal with that because I didn't want my kids to lose out on a whole year. And I think a lot of kids did because it's really hard to sit at a computer all day long, especially at the time my son was only going into kindergarten, which is just doesn't make sense to sit at a computer for kindergarten. And so for us, it was a better fit for us to kind of switch over and have control of our schedule too, because although that was virtual and it's very similar to homeschool. And I think a lot of people think that they can't homeschool because that virtual time was stressful. Um, it's not the same as homeschooling, like being able to have control of your schedule and your curriculum and knowing exactly what your day is going to look like is not the same as what that virtual school was at all. Oh, you're so right about that. That's one of the common misconceptions, I think, is that very structured or in, in like in the case of my granddaughter that I helped homeschool, uh, that started homeschooling because of COVID, it was just so chaotic. And with homeschooling, you, you're you in charge of it. You know, you get to choose what curriculum you use when you homeschool, you know, what works best for your family. And so I love that you said that. Homeschooling is a journey. It still can get stressful. I mean, just like parenting can, but it doesn't look like schooling at home that public schoolers saw with COVID. No, it was definitely two different concepts. And I feel like it was, it's so much easier to have control of the situation than to have to be stressed out and being like, I think a lot of the parents were like, I could never homeschool because my kid fought going and sitting down at the computer. And I'm like, but you don't do that in homeschool. Like, I don't particularly consider myself teaching the kids so much as we learn together. Like we sit and learn the things together versus like me standing in front of them and telling them what they're learning. So it's such a different concept than what the public school did through the virtual learning. Oh, you're so right. So how did you find curriculum? What curriculum do you use and what, what led you to choose that curriculum? Uh, so we're super eclectic in our uh, curriculum. We don't really follow anything super specifically, um, mostly because I made the mistake of going into a teaching store and not a homeschool store when we first started out. And so I ended up with some workbooks the first year that made no sense to my children. Um, we talked about on the other podcast, but it was very like circular learning, which may be what they do in the public school. My kids needed the time to sit down and kind of like learn the concept and then use the concept, not just like bounce back and forth between each of the different things. And so that was awful. <laughs> and I thought that because we bought this stuff, we needed to finish this stuff and was so wrong in that. So then I actually took a chance and went and saw a few of my friends had different curriculums and kind of picked through what they had and saw what I liked in different things. 
Um, we decided to keep with math and language arts through Masterbooks. That's what we do because my daughter had fallen behind in math because of the COVID situation and she didn't quite understand a lot of the math stuff. So that, um, Masterbooks kind of is a little slower in the math department. So she has enjoyed that. And then my son is actually a year ahead in Masterbooks because he's really good at math. So we were able to kind of just adjust and see where they fit in those books. And then we were able to move on. And it's the same with language arts. They like the storytelling too. Um, it keeps it a little bit more understanding of how this relates to their life and not just in general, I guess. And then for science and stuff, we just kind of like to explore. We'd rather go out and go learn the things firsthand in person. We go to different um, like we went to an Indian burial site the other day for part of our history lesson. So there's a lot of just in-person learning for the rest of our curriculum. You know, I love that you said that the in-person and we don't have to sit our children down in front of a computer all day. You know, I'm eclectic too. They have some courses that are on the computer, but I love to see them sitting there with a book in hand and reading a book or going out and and real life, you know, going to the grocery store can be addition, subtraction, fractions, you know, just mm -hmm. general life skills. And so, so much of life is learning that we don't have to sit at a desk all day yeah. long. You know, our kids don't have to be bored. They can love learning. So I love that you said that. One of the most freeing concepts that I ever learned uh, through my homeschooling journey is what you said. We don't have to finish a book. Yeah. <laughs> We would have thought I was so strict about, we got to finish every single book. And then finally, I actually had a teacher tell me one day, well, you, you realize that we often don't finish. And she's a private school teacher. And she said, we don't often finish books in school. And a lot of the beginning of the year and end of the year is review. Sometimes we skip around. So that was so freeing to think, oh, we didn't have to do that either. If, if it wasn't working or um, if we just didn't have time to finish it and the kids would, are still going to stay on target. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so in the Johannes family, what, if it's even possible to say typical, what does a typical homeschool day look like? Yeah. Like you said, there's not really any way to say that that's typical. I think because I do have meetings for my business. So sometimes those run in the morning, sometimes those in the afternoon. So we just do school around my schedule, basically. Um, there's been many times where we're out doing fun things throughout the day with our friends and our family. And then it's like, okay, we're going to do school for the last half hour, hour before bed. And it's still checked off because we're still getting what we needed done for the day. And it doesn't have to be where like we wake up, you're going to do breakfast. We're going to do school. We're going to do this. Like that doesn't work for us. And I think we're also with that flexibility of doing most of our curriculum hands-on and learning that way. We, our days look very different. We may go to the zoo one day just because we wake up and say, Hey, we haven't done much science lately. Let's go to the zoo and let's go enjoy the animals. And that works for us. We're pretty free in that sense. I love that. Very more relaxed, you know, mm -hmm. and, and enjoying learning together. You know, like you said earlier, we learn together. And I love that because we often go into homeschooling, at least I did. My kids were still in elementary school and I was already worrying, well, how do I homeschool high school? I don't know if I could do that. And I'm worrying about algebra and geometry and they're second grade. <laughs> so I I would have missed out if that would if I wouldn't have gotten past that on such a wonderful experience because we don't have to know it all. 
No, and that's a, that, that math is very much one of those subjects where you do learn it with them because although we've taken that in high school and we've learned those things, I don't remember any of that. And even things as simple as fifth grade math now with long division and long multiplication and stuff, and that was having to relearn it with her. But we, that's the great part about the textbooks that we use. It does sit down and kind of guide you through it. So then I can read it, learn it, and then teach it to her. So she's learning it. It's nice to learn alongside each other though, in that way. Right. Yeah, I've relearned some of my skills, thankfully, with my kids over the years. And there's also so many resources out there that like we use a program for math because that is definitely not my cup of tea. So they learn that online, whereas uh, language arts, then I am more hands-on with them with that because I love that. And so that's the neat thing. There is there is a way to teach it. You know, my mm-hmm. kids are in high school now, but then what advice, you know, we're, we're kind of talking about different things that we've learned along the way. What advice do you have for a new military homeschooler? I mean, I would think the just being flexible, like not having to do a curriculum because someone is suggesting it. I don't think that that's the best way to go about it. There's a lot of them that do get pushed heavily. We talked about that before. And I, I, I get sad when I see brand new ones falling into some of those and not really having given the chance to like learn how their kids learn or even learn how they teach without um, just digging right into a huge curriculum, you know, and get the huge boxes of stuff and they're, it's going to be overwhelming. So I think being flexible, especially the first year and seeing how your kids do learn because they're all going to learn differently. My kids learn differently. We're able to advance one of them in different areas and it just works for them better than to just be like here this is the work for the day and that's all you get to do like it was I think being flexible and learning yeah learning how you teach and how your kids learn is the most important thing oh that's so true that you know we often talk about being focused on how our children learn but how do we teach because our our children may learn one way, but we may find it difficult to teach that way because that's, we have our own personalities. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of meshing that together and being flexible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Flexibility is great. And not feeling like you have to do school every day. I mean, I know it depends on your state, of course, whether those rules are very like strict, but I know North Carolina, it's basically, you have to do, I think it's a certain amount within nine months. So you have to show that each for nine months that you've done education basically, but they don't, aren't real strict on what is education. So if you're going to a farm and you're learning about cows, even if they're not doing a workbook, they're still getting education. So that counts as a school day. So letting your kids learn, I guess, hands-on and learn to be teachers of themselves. They need to learn how to learn themselves, not just textbook material is also really good ice. I love that. Yeah. Instead of spoon feeding it to them, teach them how to seek that out, that to seek knowledge out themselves mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Kids, I feel like they learn better in the dirt. They learn better, like getting out and doing things. They experience things. And it's just, we learn our lessons the hard way too. So it's not bad for your kids to get out and learn lessons through themselves too. And Sabrina, I would love to learn more about your nonprofit, Deployed Love, which I didn't know about until y'all had contacted me to to learn more about the Military Homeschool Podcast. And I was fascinated reading what all you do on your website and then also about the podcast. 
Yeah. So we've been around for a few years now. Um, we're not a huge nonprofit. That's why a lot of people haven't heard about us. It's kind of, we're trying to grow as we go. We've started mostly at Fort Bragg was our beginning place. Um, so a lot of people around our area do know us because they've been around for about five years, but we provide um, fun social events and outings and things for military families to continue to be connected with one another. Um, during deployments, before deployments, after deployments, we like to support everybody throughout all that, even though we are called Deployed Love. Um, our main event, though, is the holiday minis, and those are coming up in October and November at most of our locations. So if you are deployed or have your military member deployed over the holidays, you can get free photos that are um, they're put on by professional photographers. We vet them all. So they're all going to be beautiful photos. And you get 10 pictures that you can send downrange um, for as a Christmas gift. So that's kind of our biggest event. And we do have that. I think we have it available now at about 10 locations has their events scheduled for the year. So we are kind of across the nation. We're trying to make sure we include Army, Air Force, Marines. Everybody is included in any of our programs. So we're growing. Um, and the podcast has, I think, been one of the biggest things that's helped us grow because we're able to get in front of a different audience than the ones that are just on social media. I love that. How could we support Deployed Love? We're always looking for volunteers across the board. So we always could use staff. If you have something that you're really good at and you just having a little bit of extra time, we could use help. We could use help in social media, finances, anywhere along the line. And then we also, if you are at a base where we are not at, we would love to have you come on as a coordinator. Um, they're the ones that plan the events. It's a really fun job and we do tons of training and um, stuff within the, the organization to meet other coordinators. And it's a great way to grow your own tribe locally and across the nation, which is a really cool networking opportunity. And then of course, if you do want to volunteer as a photographer, most of them are currently open right now for photographer applications. So you can reach out to your local base and see if they need some more help. One last question before you go. I'm so excited to be able to pass along this great resource with our listeners. So where can listeners go to find Deployed Love and Ruck Up Buttercup podcast? Um, you can go straight to our website, which is www.deployedlove.org. Um, the podcast is also on there or we are on Instagram. You can just look up Ruck Up Buttercup podcast. That's we're the only ones on there. So <laughs> you'll see a little Ruck Up girl who's standing in a like explosion of rainbow. Um, that's us. So we are pretty easy to find through the, the website has links to all of our local bases as well. So if you're looking for something close to you, that would be probably the quickest route to find things. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Sabrina, and sharing about your homeschooling journey with us. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. And listeners, thank you so much for listening in today. Links to all the resources that Sabrina mentioned will be included in my show notes at militaryhomeschoolpodcast.com. Please be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast listening app, then share it with a friend. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Military Homeschool Podcast. Have a blessed week. Thanks for listening in today. If you like this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and give us a star rating on your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Facebook too. Links to this and all the other resources mentioned during the podcast today can be found in our show notes at historyforchristianteens.com. We hope you'll join us again next week for another thought-provoking and insightful lesson in History for Christian Teens.